0: Hi, everyone. Hopefully you are still in the routine of listening to us. It's important to keep our routines <laughs> and to keep our mental health as well as our physical health in as best a shape as possible. And that's why we're really excited to have Joe Reed on our podcast. He is a health trainer. Hi, Joe. Thanks for coming on.
2: Good morning, ladies. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Joe, I know that you and I briefly talked and you have a very interesting background. and I know that in this pandemic time, you've kind of shifted your focus, but I kind of wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you became a health trainer.
2: Yeah, so it is of a little bit different where most people who are in my industry, you know, they were once an athlete and they loved exercise. They thought this would be a great job. I was in a wheelchair five years ago, and I basically lost all my physical abilities because of fibromyalgia. I was formerly a warehouse supervisor for a school district, and I no longer could perform my job. And I was spending my most of my weekends either in bed or in a wheelchair. And when I'd have a flare-up, I'd be laid out for a few days at a time. So, you know, fast forward a little bit, I realized that movement not so much exercise as most people think it is, like going into the gym and lifting heavy weights, but movement was something that allowed me to feel a little bit better, have a little bit of reduction in the pain. And I started posting some videos that I was doing online and, and had some people reach out to me saying that I was inspiring them, which I thought was pretty great. And there was a gym that I used to train at, and I made a testimonial video for the owner. And a lady who was a brand new member came up to me, and she said, Hey, are you Joe? I said, Yeah. And she said, You know, I saw your video, and I want you to know that you give me hope. And I have MS. And that kind of just really sparked a fire within me, thinking that instead of trying to get back to work as something that I used to do, maybe this was a career path because I did have a passion for it. And you know, as much as I love you know, training people, I've worked with you know, professional athletes and everybody in between, I've found that my lane, my specialty, my heart, my passion lies with helping the people that need it the most, the people that are the most helpless. So you know, I've studied a whole bunch of different things related to science and health to be able to be now two years completely symptom-free wow. um, from my fibromyalgia, which, you know, Incredible. 30 plus doctors that I never would be. Right. Um, in a few days here, it's going to be my five-year anniversary when I had to retire due to disability, actually. Wow. But I'd never work again. So now I'm physically able, as healthy as I've ever been in my life, and I have this wonderful job where I get to create hope in people and help the people that really need it the most.
1: That's amazing. I mean, your story is so amazing, and... I think one of the things that we love about, you know, what you're doing is not just helping people, but trying to kind of spread that word that, you know, a lot of people in many different circumstances go to doctors and may spend years trying to figure out how to relieve symptoms. And it's amazing what our body can do. That's something I don't want to say simple, because like for some people, movement isn't simple, but in the grand scheme of you know, surgeries and medications and everything, it is simple, that that is what is more beneficial for people. And I can testify to that too. I've had my own health problems that exercise and movement has done wonders for me. So I can definitely attest to the wonders it can do. And it doesn't, it seems like it's too easy, right? That's what people think, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny is, you know, like I said, I've seen over 30 physicians over the years. I've had my first symptoms nine years ago. So I've seen, you know, physicians, I've seen chiropractors, acupuncturists, but every physician, every medical doctor I've seen, they all said the same thing. You need to supplement vitamin D and you need to exercise. Well, you know, I used to love to hike and I couldn't walk. I actually lost my ability to walk for quite a long time, had a handicap placard and everything. When I started to get back a little bit into being able to move. I wanted to get back to hiking. That was my goal. And one of my pain management doctors said, you know, I realize that you have that goal to get back to hiking, but it might be good for you to go to the gym and start lifting weights, do some other things. And that's when I started to realize like, okay, this might have some benefits to me, but as much as I love exercise, you know, I do a ton of different stuff. I love like body weight. I love calisthenics. I love moving like an animal because it's ways that we normally don't use as human beings. And i found with my population Of people, it's not so much about more movement, it's about different movement. And because a lot of people are sedentary because they're in pain or whatever it may be, I find that they really respond well to different movement rather than, hey, we're going to come in, we're going to hit the weights, we're going to hit the barbell, and they don't feel very well after that. So, movement for me is a big part of it versus exercise. You know, there's a progression to all of those things. It's not a secret because I tell everybody. is I get people to move in as many different ways as they currently aren't doing now. And uh, one of my mentors had this great saying that I've stolen from him that I've kind of adopted as my own. And I call it 4M principle, As you move more of yourself in more ways, in more environments. And there's one more I just forgot, but basically, you know, move more of yourself more often in more ways and in more environments than you currently aren't doing now. And that's what I do. And, you know, I have this real fascination with neuroscience as well that allows me to give novelty to the the brain, which is something that it loves. And I see, you know, within three weeks, I always see somebody improve with movement versus exercise, where if I'm just using your body weight and gravity and getting you to move and help with your balance and coordination, three weeks later, I always see an improvement versus, you know, you can spend six months trying to grind out an extra five pounds on a lift. When I get you just moved, things happen very quickly.
0: And, you know, it's that mind body connection that I think a lot of us, we try to separate. And the reason that we got linked up together was because of the work that you're now doing, trying to get our kiddos to move. So, you know, everybody, you know, is so grateful to Michelle Obama for, you know, getting kids to move in action and things like that. And it was so simple of an idea. But in this pandemic that we are in, so many more people are sedentary, right? They're not even thinking about the movements and something that you had said about, you know, moving like an animal. Kids just like inherently do weird things all the time. And I see that in my daughter. And I think it's just so funny, but she gets me moving, right? Because it's like, I got to get her energy. And that's what we love about you. Because even though you may have started out this way, you saw a need right when this happened. Kids aren't getting PE. So I'd love for yep. you to like talk to our listeners about the you know, the importance of what you're doing, obviously, but like importance of that movement for our kiddos.
2: Yeah, that's huge. I, I saw a need within my own home with my stepdaughter who's thirteen. She's high functioning Asperger's mm-hmm. and she just didn't get very good guidelines for physical education once all the pandemic started. She's, you know, basically the teacher said, all right, do this and you get like 20 minutes a day. And I, my wife said, you know, can you help her out with some movements? And I thought, okay, what is she supposed to do? And she showed mm-hmm. me said, this is not right. And I'm, I'm lucky that I have some friends and clients that are teachers. And I, I reached out to them and asked, you know, what are the California state standards? Because I, I think that, you know, I, I see a need here and I want to solve a problem. So I got the California state standards and I read over those and I decided to start a Live Zoom class three days a week with three different levels for kindergarten through third grade I'm in my lower grade class. Then I have fourth through sixth grade, and then I have a special needs class as well. It's called Parentless PE because I realized that a lot of parents have now become teachers, they're now working from home, and you know, little Johnny and little Susie are now home with them too. And it's okay, well, go play video games, I got some work to do. Well, this allows their children to do some exercise, more importantly, it allows them to develop at the same pace as they normally would be in school because as much as exercise is great for the body, as you're saying, the mind-body connection is there, and developmentally, exercise is extremely important, especially at the younger stages because it's very specific exercise that these kids need to be doing according to guidelines, and I'm lucky that my foundation and what I do with people is rooted in childhood development. So, I'm able to get these kids on now three days a week for 40-minute classes. And we do exercise that's age appropriate for their age level um, that allows them to build skill sets like catching a ball, you know, hand-eye coordination and things like that, balancing on a single leg or on different limbs. And I get them to move without any equipment, without any gyms. And it's been really great so far. I've seen some improvements in some kids where I've actually been doing this for almost two months now. And I've seen we did a, a set of exercises for four weeks, and then we brought on some new exercises and the kids are saying, "The first, wow, this is really hard. Well, three weeks later, they're no longer saying it's hard because yeah. they've adapted to it just like they would if they were doing PE at school. But, you know, these kids, you know, I'm sure it's like this in most states, if not all, but in California, it's kids need to be active with physical education for 110 minutes per week. And most kids are not getting anywhere near that except for their Mm -hmm. thumbs because they're playing video games. So I just say, you know, this is a great way for me to be able to use my expertise, to use the foundation of what I do in training and to help parents get the little break that they may need to get some things done, but to also allow these kids to maintain their level of development like they would if they're in school so they can go back to school and still be at the same level of their peers. Because I see, you know, with my daughter being high-functioning Asperger's, you know, she's been bullied and I see that when they're not as coordinated as other kids and developmentally, that's going to be a big part of it. There's going to be that chance that they might be getting bullied in school or feeling alienated because they're not able to perform at the same level as their peers too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I love that you're doing so much of the the body weight and the movements without any kind of equipment because, you know, we talk about access a lot and like the fact that it's through zoom that obviously helps with access, you know, but a lot of times kids don't have access to balls or, you know, even like, (laughs) <laughs> my husband and I were talking the other day about how we don't have any like weights and so like we're trying to do like exercise at home and trying to like you know still do movement but we don't have any weights so we have to be creative like I do a lot of yoga and stuff so like it kids it's the same way and so it's often hard you know at school they have balls they have jump ropes they have all different types of equipment, but you know, they don't have that at home. So being able yeah. to like make sure that every kid that participates can access it in the same way is so great. And I think too, like when you have equipment, you have to have the ability to use the equipment. So yeah. fine motor skills are unnecessary versus if you're just moving your body, you don't necessarily need to hold on to something, grasp it. Fine yeah. motor is not as big of a deal.
2: Yeah, true. And there's only one piece of equipment that I've required, and it is a ball. However, I gave everybody a little hack, if you want to call it. If you don't have a ball at home, you probably have a pair of socks. So Mm -hmm. I've been telling the kids how to make a sock ball. And, you know, mm -hmm. I always emphasize, you know, if we're going to be using a ball, it needs to be soft, because I remember when I was a kid, I broke windows playing (laughs) ball in the house. And I want to make sure that, you know, especially the younger kids, if they're not able to catch as well, that they're still able to not get hurt if they have a ball hit them in the head or they're not going to break anything in the house. So just having just the ability to use the socks for that has been huge. You know, and every kid has been able to find a pair of socks or even one sock, and it's accessible for everybody. Like you're saying, with equipment, you got to be able to use it, and this allows them to be able to do all of the exercises, whether we're working on hand-eye coordination or just body weight stuff, very, very easily.
1: Yeah, especially – when, you know, when we're on a school campus, kids are moving from a classroom to a playground to maybe another classroom to, you know, the cafeteria. So there's a lot more movement going on just naturally within that environment. But when you're home, you might go, the kids might be going to walk their dog. They might, if they are lucky to have a backyard, they might do that. But in reality, you're in your home most of the day. You're not walking from room to room. So in order to get them to be able to attend to a math lesson or read a book, right? We need to get their mind, body, soul, everything in coordination. And so the sensory pieces is so important for those kiddos.
2: Yeah, it's huge. You know, it's the classes are a little different for special education only because I can't because it's a, a group class, unless there's just one child showing up, that might be a little different, but I can't take IEPs into consideration, unfortunately, because I might have if I have five kids in the class. I have five different IEPs. However, um, like I said earlier, you know, my training background is Absolutely rooted in childhood development, and a lot of what I do with you know even older clients for balance and coordination, there's a lot of carryover into what those kids need too. Because, I mean, honestly, what most of it is midline crossing, you know, going from you know the right hand to the left side and touching. And what that does is, is it engages both hemispheres of the brain, and it works on balance and it works on coordination and all the things that that we do. It's not so much about running, jumping, and throwing and fine motor skills. It's more about sensory input which I have a sentence that I like to basically say, which is it basically classifies what I do, which is sensory input drives motor output, meaning the more information that we give your brain, the better you're going to move, the better you're going to feel, the better coordination, the better balance that you're going to have. And it happens pretty quickly too, and it happens at an easy level. It's not like we're sitting here jumping, you know, for, you know, a hundred reps and sweating with a special ed class. It's very specific in the things that I try to bring to those classrooms so that these kids can gain confidence So they can feel self-reliant and they can go out and, you know, play with their their friends and other classmates and peers. And now they feel like, hey, well, I can now join in on these things because I have now developed a different coordination and a different balance skill set than I had before. this. So the, the special ed class is a little bit different than the other two, but it's the stuff that's accessible for most people with special needs, regardless if they're in a wheelchair, if they're on the spectrum, if they have any type of learning disabilities, it's all accessible stuff. Easy, super easy to follow, and it's extreme low risk to the absolute, you know, extreme high reward type of movements. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so great. So cool. So obviously, we're in this pandemic right now where, you know, like most businesses, we've we've all had to kind of pivot how we are approaching how we help people. Have you thought a little bit about like once things open up more, if you are like still looking to make I mean, obviously, we don't know what's happening with school with the fall. But have you thought any about how you want to help this population once maybe like zoom PE classes aren't required?
2: Yes, I have. And I've pivoted again. This is the second pivot I've done in the past Mm -hmm. two months. I've worked with several people that are on the spectrum, my stepdaughter, you know, being one of them as well. And I've worked with people from the early 20s up until actually their 70s that are on the spectrum. And I've found, you know, a lot of success in what I do. So I created another website, another business um, called Strong Beyond the Spectrum. And that is going to be working with people that are on all abilities levels across the spectrum. Because I also recognize that a lot of people get some type of training, whether it be occupational therapy, physical therapy. They get some type of resources up until, you know, 12 years old and up until early adolescence. And then a lot of people are unfortunately left to their own devices after that. And I've seen that need with people that I've worked with and I think that with what I do there's a lot of benefit to those types of populations. So you know strong beyond the spectrum is something that I'm going to be promoting and marketing um, just to really help the people that need a lot of help that might not be getting what they need in school regardless of their IEP and or they might want to move on to you know bigger and better challenges physically. but you know the, the basis of this is still going to be you know uh, balanced coordination and strength training. and the strength training is very different from what uh, most physical trainer could be doing everything that I already do has a lot of carryover into that population so you know the biggest thing is showing these kids that they can do this stuff it doesn't have to be terrible I always like to say you know exercise and diet don't have to be terrible to be effective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and with my skill set with my toolbox and what I do it's going to allow me to work with these populations and make a big impact on their lives so that they don't feel as awkward, so they don't feel left out, so that they feel that they can keep up with their peers physically. And that's something that I'm I'm really, really excited about to be bringing.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that we oftentimes see a lot of kiddos, and they they have their PT, they have their OT, and sometimes there's really creative OT people out there that have you know all these different kind of play and stuff like that. But what's unique about your perspective, even though even though you have that child development background, just your own personal story and learning to trust your body. I think that that is a unique perspective, and and you not even wanting to see the label of the child. I think that goes a long way because you're not sitting here saying like, OK, well, we got to, you know, bubble wrap you and, and make sure you're just like, if you can do this, do it. Right? And, right. and I think that oftentimes when kids are shuffled to multiple therapies and it's just like this whole big, you know, web of, of scheduling, you know, they kind of start to notice like nobody else does this. But with a program like yours, it kind of makes them feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to a personal trainer, you know, and yeah. you, providing that attitude. I think kids pick up on that and I think that that is what really excited me when our mutual friend Brooke kind of hooked us together because I think that especially right now I had just gone to an IEP meeting before we had talked last week and you know the PE teacher she was she was trying but she's like yeah it's kind of like a a group hangout like it's what I'm doing for APE and I'm like but he needs to move. All these kids need to move. Like, yes, they need to socialize, but you can do this, you know? And so that, that was disappointing to hear. Yeah, I mean, so you already um, provided the email. Is there a phone number that parents can call if they're interested in signing up their kid for these Zoom classes?
2: Yes, yeah, they can actually contact me directly. I give out my cell phone number because <laughs> I don't need a business number. I like talking to people. So, yeah, my cell phone number, my direct line is area code 714 two nine zero zero seven four five now i will say this i rarely have my phone on me you know if i'm busy during the day you know if i'm with a client that client's time is the time that they're paying to be with me so i don't one of those guys that pulls out their cell phone and is checking messages you know when you come and see me you get all of my attention so you know if i don't answer the phone just leave a message and i'll absolutely get back to whoever might leave a message
0: Awesome. And you had mentioned that you're going to log off and then log back on for your own class. So what class do you have next? What grade levels is it?
2: so they're called my PE classes are called parentless PE oh
0: yeah
2: because I realize these kids are home with their parents and they need a break from their parents too most of them not all of them yeah so my parentless PE classes are starting up at 11 a.m this morning I have my (laughs) kinder through third grade class at 11 then I have my fourth through sixth grade class directly after that at noon and then I have my special education class at one o'clock and they're all performed via zoom live and you know it's a great time it's really interactive and it's not just PE I actually teach these kids about anatomy and about about bones and tissue and muscles, you know, different functions of the body. So it's educational. It really is PE yeah. class. Too. I mean, I don't have my teaching credential, but I've learned enough about the body and, you know, what's interesting to kids too. Like when we were exactly. talking about cranial bones, like, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's really fun because, you know, it's really interactive versus, you know, if you're going to PE class, when you have, you know, 30 other kids, a teacher can't give you that type of attention. And I've had a couple of classes where there might just be one or two kids come on, and I've gotten to know these kids a little bit, too, and, you know, what types of things that they like to do in their everyday life, what types, of, you know, ice cream they like and then we <laughs> talk about like are oh, we going to talk about the lungs today and they're like oh wow this is kind of new yeah. and it's been so much fun because it's really engaging and it, and it keeps the kids interested versus like all right we're going to kick a ball and then like kids walking around. i don't feel comfortable kicking a ball yeah now they can move they can feel good their parents feel a little bit of time their kids are doing exercises that allow them to develop like i said at the same level as their peers and then we talk and have fun too so it's it's a really great time
1: that's great well we'll let you get to your your class <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun it sounds like something that we need to be doing too
2: uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we'll... too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't blame them we'll add all that information in our show notes so that if our listeners are interested they can get a hold of you thank you so much for being on we appreciate it
2: uh, i appreciate you both taking time out of your day and having me on here, it's really, truly been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: You're doing amazing work. Oh, our listeners. Yeah, you're doing amazing work. So we're yeah. happy to, to share what you're doing. And thank you for sharing your story. I think that's amazing. And I think it's a, a tribute to getting that mind-body connection and really just starting to get moving. So thanks, Joe. <laughs> All right, we'll listen to you guys. You guys, hopefully, will listen to us next week. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.